Hello, this is Leela Viss, and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm the host of Key Ideas. This podcast empowers piano teachers to unlock the transformative power of music in their students and shift from a mindset of survival to one of revival. Yeah, kind of a mouthful, but until I can think of a better way to say it, I'm sticking with that opening. I don't think anyone would argue that music has transformative powers, but that power really depends on if the music connects with someone. And so the next couple of episodes are dedicated to music that is kid-tested and teacher-approved. How much would you pay to be a fly on the wall in someone else's studio? Wouldn't it be great if you could look over a piano teacher's shoulder and see how she runs a lesson? How he troubleshoots a tricky spot in a piece? How she matches repertoire with a student? Studies show that motivation is closely related to voice and choice. When we give our students a choice in repertoire, we let them take the steering wheel in their journey as a pianist. And when they know the final destination and can't wait to get the piece learned, it's almost a free ride for us piano teachers. So back to the fly on the wall. Wouldn't you love to know what repertoire other teachers dangle in front of their students to get them motivated to practice, which ultimately leads to progress? Today is your lucky day to be a fly for free. (laughs) The titles I share in this episode are the ones that repeatedly get chosen by students when given a choice. Although I always offer a selection of pieces, I can usually predict that they will pick one of the titles that I share with you today. The good news is that you get to be a fly on the wall in two studios because Charlene Jarvis joins me and shares an extensive list of her top studio hits. I just had to have her back as your listening ears informed me that you like Charlene and what she has to say. My conversation with Charlene from last season was one of the most popular episodes. Charlene and I have given these gold nugget pieces a name. Rep Worth Recycling. Before we get started, here's more about Charlene. Charlene Shelsey Jarvis is an independent piano teacher residing in Scottsdale, Arizona. She's co-authored numerous piano teaching materials as co-owner of TCW Resources, Three Cranky Women, which are internationally published through the Neil H. Schultz Music Company. Charlene is a former faculty member of the Utah State University Youth Conservatory and adjunct music faculty. She's past president of the Utah MTA chapter and has presented at the MTNA National Conference, National Conference on Keyboard Pedagogy, and repeatedly at the Music Ed Connect, as well as numerous state conferences. Since her arrival in Arizona, Charlene directed the inaugural Arizona Youth Piano Competition. She's active in the Phoenix Music Teachers Association and served on the state board as editor of the Allstate Publications. She's one of the very few to be selected as a featured teacher for the Yamaha Passport to Music program, which teaches piano on the Crystal Cruise Line. This has sent her all over the world, teaching what she loves with students from over 30 countries. Charlene studied at BYU-Idaho and Utah State University, where she was a student of Gary Amano. She's active as a clinician, adjudicator, and performer. Before a grisly ankle injury, including a ladder, balloons, and five-inch wedges, she had been running marathons in her spare time, 21 to date. However, she's now running after her three darling grandsons and a husband to stay fit. Now, here's Leela's conversation with Charlene. (laughs) 
Hey, welcome, Charlene. I can't wait to hear your list. But before we get started on our list, I want to know how do you choose repertoire for your students? Well, I sit down either the usually the day before their lesson, and um, I look at my schedule and I sit down with all my music and I choose two or three pieces of each student's level that I think that they would like and I play through all of them and I get a pile and I have a big huge stack so when lessons begin um, and the student comes in if they get to choose new music I play three pieces for them and they get to choose one of the pieces and how that works is I play one and then I play the second one and they have to choose out of those two which one they like the best and then I play the next one and then they can choose out of those. Nice. And as we get more advanced, I would quit playing them. And I yeah. just say, <laughs> I'll send them, I'll send them a YouTube video for my, yes. you know, my high school students who are playing much more challenging things and I don't want to practice them. I'll send yeah. them three or four of those and say, pick one and let me know what you want to do. And then we'll do it that way. But I always do it the day before their lesson during my office hours time. Yeah, I know. I, it, so, which means you need to have a substantial library at your fingertips, right. number one. And and I do the same thing. I I think we were talking about this. If we over plan, we end up wasting time. Right. 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 And so right. just getting it the day before and knowing the student, who they are, what they need, what they're looking for. I usually have more than two. So you're um, you're just a little bit stricter, but I usually do a couple. And it's interesting how many of my students think they're going to hurt my feelings by not liking a piece. So I have to keep telling. Now, remember, this is all about you. If you don't like it, that's fine. You know, and, oh, right. and then pretty soon they get freer and more comfortable with the idea of saying they don't like something. And then, man, when they find the right one, it's their right. golden ticket. Oh, absolutely true. Because you know what? If you don't like it, nothing's worse as we all know we've all played pieces that we hate that somebody else loves nobody wants to play something that they don't like that they're going to have for a month or two well and i love it because i throw it back at them like you picked it not me yeah me too and i'm sure you do this too the the pieces that i'm choosing that are the repertoire favorite favorites are always just a stretch they're not going to be something that they normally are going to be playing out of if they're in a method book it's not going to be mm. at their level it's going to be harder for them so they're excited to play something harder yes. and bigger than normal so um you know well and to that point a lot of times i will not let them look at the music because if they look at the sheet Me music too. they freak out like oh i can't do that I'm like stop looking nope you can do that I, i'm here you could do this i know you could that yeah, kind of I do that too. I'm not, yeah, my, my students are like that too, little stinkers. And then sometimes I like the word accessible. I'll say that to them too. You know, this one may, it may appear to be a, what, it's, it's an easy piece that sounds hard. I don't like that word easy, but sometimes it's just fun to play an, ex, an accessible piece where you can grab onto it. It's fun. You can learn it instead of being so hard all the time. I like that word. I think that accessible word is great. It's much, it's much kinder. It is. It word. is. Yeah. You don't need, because yes. nothing is easy. There's nothing easy about playing piano in a lot of ways, sure. but there are things that fall into the fingers more quickly. And it's fun to have those pieces. I know as I have to prepare for, a, you know, every Sunday, um, I, I can't play these really hard pieces every Sunday. I just don't have the time. So I need some that sound good, 
that are pretty easy right. to pick up. Right. And our students need those too. They okay. do. Yes. They yes. boost your confidence. They make you feel good, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So before we start going through our list, I'm just going to let our listeners know that we're going to give the title and then we'll provide the composer's name and the approximate level of the piece and how the piece is pedagogically a sound choice and why it appeals to students. And yes, we will have links to all of these in the show notes. We're not going to play through them today. It would be a, a nice treat, but just don't think we're going to do that. But we will have YouTube videos at the show notes where you can listen to them as well. And what's going to be fun is we are going to set a 20 minute timer because Charlene came with quite the list. We were both going to come with five. That was ridiculous. I don't know what we thought. So she came up with a huge list. I came up with maybe about half what she has. And so we're going to see, we don't know what each other has chosen. And so we're going to see what clicks with both of us. And we've got 20 minutes to share our ideas. And if we don't get done with all our ideas, guess what? We'll turn it magically into another podcast. Awesome. So I'm going Sorry to set the 20 minute timer right now. And Charlene, I'll hand it over to you first. Go. Okay. So I'm going to just do a primer one that okay. I really enjoy. And um, it is called Zebra on a Pogo Stick. <laughs> now, if you are, if you are from you know, not from the U.S., you would say zebra on a pogo oh, stick. Okay, very good. Because that's how you pronounce it in Africa and in the U.K. is zebra. Um, I love this. This is by, um, this is from the Piano Safari um, repertoire book by Julie Nur. Hope I'm saying that correctly. And I love this because it um, focuses on the landmark notes. They start, it starts on treble C and bass C. And first of all, I think the imagery is wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, I, and it's so great to get the, the students to move all over the keyboard. The lyrics are hilarious and they're playing detached, which they needs to do. And they're all over, they're all over the piano. So my beginners love this. And a lot of it is um, taught by rote, not all of it, because my students at this point know how to do treble C and bass C and okay. they know mm -hmm. how to find those guidepost notes. So they're doing a nice mix of reading and, um, and following um, by rote. So it's one of my very favorite. Um, and does that um, have Zachariah Zebra in it as well? Yes, that the pattern? Zachariah yes. Zebra bouncing on his pogo stick. I just think that's hilarious. The words are so great. <laughs> and Zachariah Zebra, like his friend, the kangaroo. I, I think that's just darling. And it has staccatos and accents and octaves. It's just a, a very lovely, um, short piece. So Ooh, I'm excited I to like use it. that because I just started some new students with Piano Safari. So I'm using the method book. And so I'm sure that I will be hopping into that very soon. Very yeah, fun. That's a very, that's a very fun one. Okay. So my turn. Yeah, uh, I will. I will stick right with the piano safari uh, people and shadows at dusk is one of my Ooh. studio's all time favorite pieces. And it is a rote piece. It's in their rote repertoire book. And it's also in their actual repertoire. You're laughing. Did you pick that too? Nope, I didn't. But I picked no. another one from their book. Okay. <laughs> All right. And this one, for some reason, every time I play it for someone, they love it. That's the one they pick. 
and I teach it by rote. It has an open fifth in the left hand and it travels. And actually what I love about it is I, a lot of times will teach them the heart and soul pattern and the left hand follows that heart and soul pattern, except when it goes to A, it gets to go up to the black keys instead. And I think that's why it's such a hit because it's in minor. There's some interesting right hand eighth notes, da, 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 has this mysterious sound. And then by the end, it's getting bigger and move the right hand moves up the left hand moves down it just satisfies the listener right away and i just had a piano student add a new ending to it which was just adorable she just pulled it out of nowhere i had no idea that she was going to do that but so then i was talking with another teacher like i think i could recycle this piece in so many ways because i could have them change it to major instead of oh, minor cool you know right? just there because the students like it so much because what I did is I taught it by rote to this one gal a long, long time ago. And then now it's in her repertoire book because she's now using piano safari. So there it is. And now she's reading it, which is kind of fun because, you know, she's got a good memory. So she's kind of remembering it, but she's also kind of reading it again. So it was fun to bring it back that way. Oh, that's great. That sounds, that sounds excellent. Okay. Let's move to level one. Do you care? Okay. Move nope. to level one. Mm -hmm. And we can get through a few more. Okay. I'm going to, I wanted to share uh, one of my favorites. It's called Bigfoot. And um, this is my favorite, probably because I grew up in Northern California where Bigfoot is the most famous Bigfoot sighting has ever been there, uh, like 30 minutes from my home. So, you know, I love No Bigfoot. way. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that kind of funny? But um, pretty much every person that plays this piece loves it. And it's kind of an oldie, goldie. I mean, it was printed in um, 1981. So this is, I've got a couple <laughs> of copies of this, of this sheet music, but I teach it by rote mostly. And what I love about it is there's lots of black um, cluster keys on it and it starts low and he's chasing the student, chasing them through the forest and, it's just this loud, fun, Bigfoot piece. And wow. I just, every boy and every girl that plays it loves this piece. And okay. I don't know, maybe it's just because Bigfoot is kind of great. Yeah. Who is it by? And it's by Kevin Cray. And it's published by Shum. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. I have never seen that one. I am so excited. Okay. Can we still yeah. get it? Is it still available? I have another copy of it. So I will look to see if you okay. can. I have two copies of this and I think it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. So I oh. teach it mostly by rote in there, oh, but I would say it's about a level one piece. That it looks, might not look that so way, but it's pretty much level one, I think. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It looks intimidating to them until you start teaching it by rote, which, you know, yeah, let's just go there a minute. Like, right. Eight. Yes. Right. Don't let the notation get in the way of letting your students play these pieces. It's true. Okay. And let's see if we're you. staying down in the lower levels. I think my next one would be completely different from yours as far as style and mood goes, but it is an oldie goldie and it's called sky blue by Robert Vandal. I love that one. I, I didn't pick it, but I looked <laughs> at it. Oh my goodness. I have used this one over and over. I'm using it right now with a student and she's just eating it up and i use this with adult students and again i think the reason why i like it so much 
is because it follows that heart and soul pattern. It starts on C down to A down to F up to G, and then it, it uses crossovers. So it feels so good. Ooh, and then you get to add the pedal. So it sounds really sophisticated. And then there's some tricky things where there's eighth notes. And my little tip there is uh, it has a da 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 da. So I use early in the morning light, and that helps them get that rhythm right away. There's just enough tricky stuff going on on the end of page one and page two that they have to really focus on. Now page three is quite a, a, a steep step for them because it's all going down instead of up. So there, there's a lot of things involved with it, but there's so many teaching opportunities because of the chords, the broken chords, form. We go back to page two at the end, uh, but it it is so satisfying to so many ages of students. Oh, that's, I love that one too. He's, you know, Robert Vandal is excellent. I, I know. I miss him. I do too. All right. Level, level two. I, I'm going to share a collection with you that I think is Ooh. pretty fun. Okay. Um, Kevin and Julia Ol Olson, Simply Silly. Ooh. And um, <laughs> these are great because the lyrics are hilarious along with the music. Is great, but um, we have Ned's messy room. All about, <laughs> you know. Here's a story about my neighbor Ned. His bedroom was so messy he couldn't find his bed. He dug a tunnel so he could go. He could go to sleep, but he got stuck inside it. The garbage was so deep. Moral of the story, so you'll avoid Ned's doom, is to listen to your mother when she says to clean your room. Oh, <laughs> it's adorable. There's a dinosaur in my backyard. You know, the other day I looked outside, they're just, the, the lyrics are hilarious, but the pieces are, are just super fun. And every song in here is pretty great. So, um, does it change keys or does it stay in one key? Does it... Nope. They're, they're all kind of, they're all kind of in the middle of, um, of the piano, but he's got, he's got some octave higher places and there's mm -hmm. accidentals and accents in here. Okay. I would definitely say it's um, probably close to a level one and a half to two. You know, when I look at that, I could see that being a really fun book for reading instead of doing the rote, really focus on the reading. Oh, for that. sure reading. Yes. Yeah. Okay. For sure reading. And they, some of them go pretty fast, but the, the lyrics are just, they're just silly and they're very funny. Aww. So I just get a kick out of having them play this. I don't know that I'd have it be a recital piece, but they're mm -hmm. very fun to have students learn to play um, and to sing along with. They're very fun to do that one. So mm. there you go. Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Drew Collins. I produced this podcast for Leela. Isn't this a fabulous conversation? Leela and Charlene have even more great recommendations for you coming up. But first, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of whole body learning? Leela's Aussie friend, Paul Myatt, who will be on the podcast later in the year, developed whole body learning with Gillian Erskine 27 years ago. Their approach is based on the philosophies of Orff Schulwerk, Kodai, and Dalcros, mixed with tech and strategies to teach piano both in group and private lessons. If you're interested in having tons of fun with your students, 
and you want to instantly engage them and accelerate learning through captivating their interest and putting all the memories in the right place in the brain, leading to stronger memory retention, then you are in for a treat. Paul and Gillian invite you to explore whole body learning with your piano students during their Kickstarter week, which runs from September 13 through 17. It's completely free, and you'll get access to the top five secrets to engage and keep more students. But best of all, you're going to have a heap of fun. Find out more at pianoteachingsuccess.com slash kickstarter, or look for it in this episode's show notes. Now, back to Leela and Charlene. So I'm going to head to probably that same level, maybe just a little bit higher. And I'm going to talk about Wendy Stevens' life shorts. Have Ooh. you used any of those before? Yes. Okay. And the, the reason why I chose on my list. Okay. I, I chose those because it seemed like my adults really liked those, especially during COVID. Well, number one, she had very interesting titles, like waves of worry and all this kind of, yes. I think they all connected with the titles, but oh my goodness, it was interesting how I have one quite stressed adult student who she's like, oh good, this is just one page. <laughs> and I didn't realize, you know, okay, yeah, you're, you're off the hook after page one, you're done, you know, and I, th um, they had enough sophistication to each of the pieces to satisfy the musical part of, you know, what students are listening for, but it wasn't necessarily so hard. I would agree. I think Wendy um, and Diane Heidi as well, they both mm -hmm. have figured out just the, the perfect length um, to, to make their pieces, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, I always said, if you, I still say this about sermons, if you can't say it in 20 minutes, you know, then, and I kind of even figure, think of that with symphonies, like, because I'm a little bit impatient with things. So I like short and I, you know, it, it was a really nice thing to give them where there was a beginning and an end. Right. And what's nice about those two is once they get it, they can play it again. Right. And again, and, and that makes them feel good because they learned it in that short time. Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. I'm going to show you this piece that I'm going to show you. Every single student oh. that hears it the first time wants to play it over and over and over again. It's uh, by Jennifer Lynn. Um, it's called Megan's Melody, and she wrote this for her daughter when she was younger. And I'm telling you, every single kid that plays this, and it looks deceivingly easy. Everyone opens it up and goes, oh, that's so easy. But it's just this lyrical, beautiful piece. And every, every kid that hears it wants, wants to play it. Um, it's this lovely waltz, da, 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 da. It's, and it starts um, rather slow and then it gets faster and it's just, it's gorgeous. And my boys, the boys all want to play it too. Not just the girls, the okay. boys want to play it. I had the last person played, it was a boy. So now what kind, of left, yeah, what kind of left hand pattern is used in that? Uh, the left hand, um, it's a combination of, uh, you've got a, it's, it's in three quarter time and it's um, 
Well, she sustains with a, um, you've got ties to the left hand, which hold one, two, three, and you have to sustain for mm-hmm. two measures sometimes. I'm just but looking at it from that, um, a distance. It looks like the right hand has more of the action and then the left hand is not too okay. hard. Yes. So there's, yeah, I love it when there's patterns and there's predictability and something like that. And thank you for reminding me of that because I've had that in my library and you know what happens is you give it away to someone and then you forget about it. So. Right. This um, has been in other collections as well. I've seen this in other collections. Oh, okay. The hardest part my students have found is holding that bass note and tying it while the other notes play because many times they haven't done that yet before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's quite lovely. It's very, it's a very beautiful, it's a good teenager piece it's for those teenagers who want to sound, um, I don't, what's the word, romantic kind of thing. Yes, That's yes. great for those. You know, and it looks as, I'll say it again, accessible. <laughs> yes, yes, right? and it really sounds lovely. It's very nice sounding. Mm-hmm. It's really a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. That's a good one to think, uh, keep in mind for adult students as well. Yes. Okay, good. All right, thank you. So speaking of adult students, this next collection that I'm gonna mention is by Chrissy Ricker, and it's called Easy Perfect Patterns. And I'm using it with an adult, but I'm also using it with another student Oh, she's just heading into middle school and she's having a difficult time with reading. She's got a strong ear, but I, you know, I don't feel like just giving her a method book, but she is just loving this easy, perfect pattern book. And in fact, I was, I have, I think I have a studio license of it. So I was giving her sheet music. Then I, I showed her that I actually had a hard copy and she's like, I want the hard copy and I want to play every piece out of here. So she is right now committed to playing every piece out of there. And one of the pieces is called alter ego. And it seems like that's the one that everyone chooses first. When I, when I go through the book, it's that one that's chosen first and there's backing tracks to go with it. So it's a lot of fun for them to play. It's all pattern based. And that's what I love. And in fact, a lot of times I will start the fall with a pattern piece for everyone because it's just fun to play. It's not so hard to read, but it just gets them playing again if they haven't played for a while. So I highly recommend that. And this is what's really fun is that I have an adult piano student that gave me this idea but with her students she's a teacher as well she uses the word kissed and when a piece is passed it's kissed and so i was telling lacy my student who's playing through all these easy perfect pattern pieces that oh that one's kissed and she said well you need some kiss stickers so i just made some kiss stickers so i maybe will include those in the show notes and i just print them off in little avery labels so does kissed stand for something just kissed Goodbye. See ya. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's exactly. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, I wanted to show you something that's awesome. That's a little different. Um, oh, fun. Okay, so this concerto okay. is about a level four. And it's okay. been around for kind of a long time. Um, it's fantastic. And if you even have teenagers that want to play and play the other part, uh, it's terrific. And um, the third movement is especially my favorite. Okay. I don't think, did you tell us the name of it? Did you say it's, it it's called Country Concerto? It's by oh. Howard Cashel. You Jeez. can still get it. Um, you can. I, oh, good. Yeah. I, I just, when I looked it up, it was on the Federation list, I guess, a couple of years oh, ago, like okay. in 2017. So I know it's still 
I know it's still available, but the third movement, it, I like it better than the first movement. The first movement's fine too, but the third movement is more fun. Uh, da, 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 dum, ba, 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 bum. It's very fun, fast. It's in six, eight time. Um, it's lively. It's three minutes long when you perform it. Um, it's, it's really a fun, loud, exciting piece to play. Mm. And it's very accessible. If your student can reach an octave, they do lots of big octave work and it's a very exciting piece. I would say it's about a level, level four. Now, level how do you perform that then with them? Do you play the other part pianos. with them? Two pianos. Okay. You play two pianos. So if you have, you know, a piano and a keyboard at home, you could accompany, right. accompany them. Um, or if you've got a recital facility that has two pianos, but this is uh, great. Or if you have two, you know, siblings that could practice this together. I mean, awesome. It's just, it's a great piece. Or you could also record, you could record the second part and they could practice along with your recording. Everybody has a cell phone these days, so right. they could just play along and listen to your recording on that one. So, Well, that is fantastic because I feel like I do not know the world of concerto music at all. And it would be fun to find something that is accessible, again, that might be fun to try with a student who, what, is a good reader? Do they have to be kind of a good, they have to be kind of strong reader if they're going to play a concerto with someone, would you say? That? I would say anybody that's done any kind of ensemble work could do it. But, I, okay. but truly, I think if you've had any student that has ever played in a recital memorized, they could totally do it hmm. and keep a beat. It looks like it really fun. They mm -hmm. could, I mean, they could totally, they could totally do it. Very fun. You know what? Our timer is going to run out quite soon. So let's do this, Charlene. Can you leave us with a teaching tip? I'm, this is one of my new things that I want to do for this season is share a key idea or a teaching tip to go that we can use immediately in our lessons. So tell us, what is your tip for the day? Well, my teaching tip today would be, we all, I would say most of us who teach for long periods of time, drink um, some kind of caffeinated beverage or lots of water if you're really good, not like me. I drink I'm hot water. Pepsi, right? Yes. But I have a mug and I have covered my mug, my big tall Stanley cup, um, insulated cup with stickers. And the side that my students see has life is good. You are my sunshine. You are worth it follow the music. So I put lots of nice positive um, affirmations for my students to see so that when I'm drinking my soda <laughs> like that, they can see things that are positive and happy and read those things when they go to, to play. So they can be seeing those extra little happy, happy things. I love that. That's a great idea. And it makes you look like you're cool. Yeah, well, I, I do my best to try to be cool. <laughs> I'm not always, but I try. You know, mine is plain and boring. So you have inspired me. It is time. I'm kind of one of those neat freaks, though. Like, oh, I don't want to put a sticker on anything because then that means it's permanent. But okay, thank you for... Well, you know how long these will last, right? If I decide I don't like it, I can always get another one. Okay, that's true. Well, Charlene, this was so much fun. So I think you need to come back and we need to share some more repertoire. What do you think? Oh, for sure. We okay. only got like, I only got to talk about five and I have a big list and I know you do too. So, you know, let's chat again, friend. Okay. Sounds good. There's our timer. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Well, they didn't get through their list in 20 minutes, but you're in for a treat. There are two more episodes, each 20 minutes long, where Leela and Charlene continue to share their favorite pieces, the ones worth repeating, recycling, year after year. And don't worry, at the end of this three-part series, all the titles of the pieces, the links to videos, and where you can purchase each piece will be made available. So make sure to follow Key Ideas wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you don't miss a thing. This is Key Ideas.